All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the Spouse Selection Podcast, Season 1, Episode 5. Uh, this episode we're going to be covering Braveheart, which is what won in our Facebook and Twitter poll. So thank you guys for uh, engaging with that and for voting. Uh, oh yeah, the so. 1995 Mel Gibson, Ugh. starring and directed by Mel Gibson, Ugh. classic, about Mel Gibson... Oh, no, we have to move on to the summary in a little bit. Are we ready for the summary? I just want to say that I don't like Mel Gibson. He's, I, over the years, like, I think he's proven himself to be pretty, pretty hard guy to like. Yeah. He doesn't like the Jews. Uh. He doesn't. I don't, I don't know enough about it to comment either way, but it seems like that probably is true from what little I do understand. Yeah. He seems to have a thing where he kind of gets drunk and talks shit mm-hmm. about ethnicities and groups. and Yeah, but anyway, anyway we're going to watch three hours of him. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually really like this movie, to be honest with you. At least it is a soft spot in my heart. And okay. I have a feeling that just like its sister movie, The Patriot, it's going to kind of continue to like age a little bit poorly okay well let's maybe hear a lot of bit poorly <laughs> let's hear your summary all right so braveheart is about a guy who gets really mad at the english and makes the english really mad at him they fight and things get kind of messy and um they stay messy for like the next few centuries but that's kind of out of the purview of the film okay so it's a scottish versus the english yep all right. I mean, I'm down. I'm down to give it a shot. Um, mm-hmm. I know we were looking into the gore a little bit because, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I am not a big fan of gore. So there may be some parts we have to skip because uh, yeah, or we'll I can't look handle away it. Or, yeah. Yeah. Do blinders. Yeah. You know. But at least I'm watching it with you, so you'll be able to tell me beforehand when I they're coming up. Should be able to. I haven't seen yeah. this movie in a solid few years. You have a soft spot for it, though. Aww. My cat is named William Wallace. He is. Shout out to William Wallace. Mm-hmm. Very Such good a kitty. Cute cat. Oh yeah. Um, also, any background noises that you hear are Ian, uh, our son. He is in his pack and play playing. So mm-hmm. you can probably hear some blocks or something. Yeah, you might hear him. So <laughs> special guest uh, appearance there. Yep. But um, yeah. All right. Are we, like, pretty much ready to move into actually watching the, the movie? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay. Let's do it. Let's jump in. All right, so uh, we're going to go watch this thing, and we'll be back after this quick break. Oh, yeah. All right, we are back. Yeah, and we have watched the movie Braveheart. We did. We did it. We sat through three hours of Mel Gibson. See, now, you say sat through. You seemed like you really, you might have enjoyed this movie. I did. Actually, the first note that I took mm-hmm. was um, Mel Gibson actually did a great job in this movie. I actually really liked him. Um, Whoa. Yeah. I thought that his character played really well. Also, he, uh, I think we kind of talked about this when we were watching it. Um, he's from Australia, right? I think so. He His Scottish accent is like 
I mean, amazing. I couldn't even really? tell the difference. Yeah. See, I was looking at like the IMDb page for this, and they were they talked about one of the trivia things was that like people really take offense or like were had a big problem with his Scottish accent. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. But another fact is that that I learned is that Mel Gibson actually didn't want to play William Wallace. Really? Mm-mm. The um the production company I guess like mandated that he do so, even though William Wallace is like a twenty year old man. Yeah. And he's Mel Gibson was in his 40s in, in 1995 when this movie came out. So. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Interesting. But, uh, yeah. So let's, like, get into the plot of this movie. Because okay. I, I thought it was very interesting, you know, at the beginning, his father and his brother die, which was sad. Mm-hmm. And then the, he meets young Marin. They're killed fighting the English. Yeah. Um, and then he meets Marin. Right, that's her name? Murrin. Murrin. Marion. Something. Murrin, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, she gives him the flower, and, you know, they end up becoming lovers and whatnot. And then, like, I just, I thought it was fucked up that she got killed because she almost got raped by this English dude. Super fucked up. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was just sitting there fuming, like, so was William Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly. But, yeah. Especially since they, like, they explicitly killed her just to bait him. Yeah. Like, that was what that, Eng- that petty English lord did. Yeah. And then, obviously, it came to bite him in the ass, but, like... Yeah. Just um, brutality for brutality's sake. Yeah. Oh, we got a little uh, cameo from Ian Kelsey. Yes, we do. (laughs) This is an Ian Kelsey crying break. We'll be right back. guys um we are back and we were just talking about um how murrin we decided that's what her name was yeah it's murrin murrin um got killed because she was raped and how we were talking about or how she was about to get raped and uh we were talking about how the english lord you know um ordered her killed just to piss off william wallace but yeah to beat him yeah so my like original question and when we were watching the movie we like kind of talked about this so was Prima Nocta a real thing? From I don't I didn't do like a lot of research or anything, mm-hmm. but um, I was reading like the IMDb trivia page for this, mm-hmm. and it said that um, that was not something that was ever done in like the British Isles. Okay, it was occasionally done on the continent, I guess, in France especially. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure about like the veracity of that. Not okay. sure. Okay, but, I mean, fucked up concept. Regardless. Yeah, definitely a concept, especially for like in terms of, like, a movie point to, like, really drive home the fact that, like, this guy is irreconcilably angry against the English. Yeah, but could you, like, could you imagine, you know, I mean, we got... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we got married very recently. Mm -hmm. So, like, could you imagine if, like, the president was allowed to enact Prima Nocta? Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. So, thank God that it seems like it was something that was not really used very much if at all but definitely not in england and scotland gotcha okay so robert the bruce mm-hmm. existed right yes he now, was did he 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to ask. Did he actually betray William Wallace? So, what it looks like... So, again, this was all from, like, the trivia section on IMDb when I looked up. Mm -hmm. Robert the Bruce, his dad is ended up... is, is seen as being, like, complicit in his, like, betrayal. Mm -hmm. Like, his dad gives up... gives it up... or gives up William Wallace, basically. Yeah. So that he's... ends up being killed. Yeah. But, um... His father, I'm pretty sure, was actually dead by the time William Wallace was given up for that. Okay. Yeah, because in the movie, he looks like the Phantom of the Opera, and yeah, it's never I don't explained. Know, I don't know anything. I don't know about that either. I know, I looked up, like, Robert the Bruce, because he was, so the Robert the Bruce in the movie, his father is also Robert the Bruce. The Bruce? That's, like, how, like, it is Robert the Bruce or, like, Robert de Bruce. Like, B-R-U-S. Yo, I'm Robert Bruce. What's up, homies? So, the one, the younger guy is the sixth Lord of Annandale or whatever, mm -hmm. and his father would be the fifth Lord of Annandale. So, I looked up, like, the fifth Lord of Annandale, Robert the Bruce. Don't know hmm. why he was a leper or whatever. I don't yeah. know what, I think that was just a, the movie doing Hamming movie things. <laughs> like, he's a secret evil bad guy who whispers in the guy who wants to do the right thing but can't do it because evil mean daddy tells him no <laughs> so they gotta make him look like voldemort slash fan of the opera yeah except this was before voldemort well, but after yeah, fan but... of the opera so yes he's yeah. quasimodo but mean <laughs> and not wholesome um oh man so All yeah right. he did exist and i don't know why his dad looks like that i guess he did have leprosy because he like appears to have sores Towards yeah, the it looks end of like his, his face is going to fall off. That's, That's why it was like, oh, he looks like the fan of the opera after he takes the mask off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, well, you know, it's interesting, like, Robert the Bruce is, like, a candidate for King of England, or King of Scotland, and, like, when, Eng or when William Wallace is knighted, yeah. he is approached by, like, John Balliol or whatever for, to, like, another claimant to the throne mm -hmm. who asks him, and I guess in real life he actually did support Balliol. Oh. But, um, you know, it was like things were more complicated in real life, probably, than they oh, were in the Oh, most movie likely, here. yeah. But mm -hmm. I, I guess, like, so I was a little confused because now in this, um, in this movie, in this time period, yeah, Scotland is owned by England, obviously. That's why they're fighting for freedom from the English, or it's colonized by England. It's like starting to be taken over and occupied. So, like, so were they in their understand, own country before? And they would be for another like several hundred years. Oh, okay. Yeah, Scotland was independent um, up until like this movie. I think takes place in like the late twelve eight or the twelve eighties to like the early thirteen hundreds. Yeah. And the reason that there's like a big debate over who's going to be the next king of Scotland is because like the Scottish king died without a, an heir to the throne or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there was a succession, a succession crisis. Oh, okay. Say that ten times fast. But there was a succession <laughs> crisis. So Edward the First steps in and is like, "Yo, you guys like." And again, this is my paraphrasing of history that I do not really know. I'm just this is my sense from the movie. <laughs> Edward the First comes in and is just like, "Y'all need a king, huh?" <laughs> I know a king. His name's Edward. And he's pretty sweet. And he's me. And he's me. And also, like, so you noble guys, like, here, have some, like, estates and stuff, and we'll buy you off, and you can just become part of the English system. Okay, I see, I see. So, like, if I, you know, you see at the end of the movie that, like, they 
he ends up fighting them at Bannockburn, I think is the name of the battle. Yeah, something and like that. And ends up like securing Scotland's independence. And Scotland would be independent right up until 1707. Damn, 1700s England is like, we just want all the land. We want to rule the world. Yeah, they were heading towards becoming the British Empire, literally. But, Could you imagine that? What, they did it. But, I mean, had they retained... Of course I can imagine that. But had they retained, like, America, the American colonies and all of that, and had they retained... Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. had they continued to colonize all parts of the world, like, the world would be a very, very different place. They did. Yeah, but we, like, I'm saying, like, had they, had those colonies not had their own independence... A lot of them didn't. Well, right, like, fair enough. <laughs> India was like... Britain was like, World War II happened, and Britain was like, Oi, mate, we're broke. Here, India. Have fun. Congratulations, you're independent. Ah. And that was kind of what happened to, like, the whole, the past century. Like, most of Africa, a lot of Southeast Asia, a lot of the colonial powers basically just were like, Peace. <laughs> we out. Good luck being countries, folks. We out. Um... Yeah, um, okay. we're getting on a, a, a diatribe, I guess. Well, yeah. that's all right, though. Um, okay, so I loved that the king's son was gay. You thought, loved that. I thought that was really funny. You thought, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. See, I guess, like, a lot of people were pretty upset about, like, that. Was the, he gay in real life? He, I don't know about that, but they went out of their way to portray him as gay. For instance, he was, like, when, when in real life, Mm-hmm. While uh, the prince and Isabella, his wife, yeah, were not like married yet, they were like kids. Mm. Isabella, I'm pretty sure, was like an infant, literally. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, so she like did not like straight up that none of that like happened. Well, such. I mean, I figured, but but um, the thing of him being gay and like having like, I don't know, that was kind of it was from what I understand from the trivia section on IMDb. <laughs> it was. <laughs> widely derided as being pretty homophobic because like the king throws the dude out throws the gay lover dude out the window well i mean i didn't really see it as homophobic i saw it more as like that was the time you know what i mean like yeah but like the king's son is presented as being like totally aloof and not even like interested in doing anything to the to the you know while he does have interest in Cavorting around in silk with his boyfriend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I think it was just... This is my advisor, Philip. He's got great buns. <laughs> He's going to get thrown out the window. <laughs> um, which was hilarious, by the way. Um, <laughs> what is it? Mel Gibson... Apparently, another thing from the trivia. Mel Gibson was shocked that people laughed at that scene. Really? He was not... Apparently, that's not what he was going for. <laughs> which I think is... Yeah. I mean, they have the guys looking up in the window, like like it's a scene from freaking... Like a sitcom. It's like, like a, I'm pretty sure that scene exactly happens in Happy Gilmore. I have not seen Happy Gilmore, I don't know. All right. Well, we'll see that movie eventually. Yeah. Um, in any case. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought it was really funny, especially because they, um, you know, at the end of the movie, it's, it's revealed that the queen is pregnant with Wallace's kid yeah. and just I don't know it's just it's just always funny when people who need like their comeuppance yeah get it and he couldn't even respond all he could do was just be like oh, oh, oh mm-hmm. god um I agree 
And that's one of those things. Like, the the movie is written for dramatic effect, yeah. for telling a good story. And I think it, I do think it succeeds at telling a good story, even with being, like, taking a lot of liberties. Yeah, yeah. Even as someone who is super unfamiliar with the history, I still enjoyed the movie. And, I mean, we'll get to my actual rating and all that later, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite character was Hamish. Hamish was badass. Yeah, I loved Hamish. Yeah. Ham- Hamish is excellent. Like, um, red-headed Scotsman, like, just going in and wanting to just punch everybody in the face and fucking fuck everybody up. Like, ah, oh, I loved it. Here's a few fun facts. Hamish's character, right? Yeah. The actors, I think it's Brian Cogman or something like that, or Brian Gleason. Mm-hmm. And then the guy, James Cosmo, is the guy who plays Hamish's dad. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The difference in age between those two people in yeah. real life is seven years. What? And they played father and son. Seven years difference. Seven years. They look, I mean, wow. They did look like that much, that much different. Yeah. I also really, speaking of that, I love the dynamic between the father and son. Mm-hmm. You know, because you yeah. didn't really get to see that dynamic with Wallace because his father dies right. in the beginning. So, you know, as far as the family element in the movie, that was, I think, that was the family element is Hamish and his dad. And I yeah. just loved seeing that, especially the scene where, like, you know, the father dies. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um but when he's, you know, he's looking at Hamish and they don't even, like, have to say anything, really. Yeah. I mean, all he says is, like, I'm so proud of the man you've become. And they don't mm-hmm. have to say, like, I love you or goodbye or anything. They just look into each other's eyes and they just know, like, you know, this is it, goodbye. And yeah. it's just, like, I don't know, it just, like, touched my heart in that way to see that portrayed in such a in such a movie that, you know, there wasn't, like, there was emotionality in this movie. But as far as, like, sentimental emotionality, there wasn't much. And that moment was one of them. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, I mean, it contrasts with the fact that, like, you know, William Wallace obviously doesn't have... I mean, he has a relationship with his father. He clearly, like, he loves his father and everything. But, like, he does, that relationship's cut off at such an early age. Yeah, you, yeah, that relationship isn't able to be explored. Mm-hmm. And, like, you could tell that, like, he has a good relationship with his uncle. Yeah. But, like, his uncle... Like, his uncle is an aloof guy who, like, wants to go, like, teach him Latin and take, and take him to Rome and teach him how to be, like, a smart character, basically. Yeah, speaking of the uncle, it was just kind of funny how he just came in and was, like, it almost reminded me of, like, Hagrid, or Hagrid coming in in Harry Potter and yeah. being, like, you're a wizard, Harry. It's yeah. just, like, I'm here and I'm going to take you and make you a, you know. Literally, for all intents and purposes, it might, might as well be I'm going to take you to wizard school. <laughs> I mean, because he goes, he goes to the continent, comes back, like... He's like, oh, I'll teach you how to use a sword, laddie. But first, I got to teach you to use your brain. Yep. And he's like, you can't read Latin. Ah, what are you, pissant? We'll have to Learn remedy how to... that. Yeah, we're going to fix that. And then it ends up paying off for him because when, um, you know, he's talking with... When he, Well, that, but then originally when he meets um, the queen. Oh, yeah, Isabella. She's, yeah, she's speaking in French, at, or Latin, actually. Well, she's she speaks... The, the advisor guy is speaking, speaking in Latin, Latin and yeah. calling him, like, a dumb barbarian. Yeah, and, and then, then he comes back with, like, I'm not a liar. And they're just like, what? Also, I speak Latin better than you, punk. Yeah. Like, oh. Bitch. Dang, okay. <laughs> um, so we had, like, uh, I love that. I just like the, the dynamic there, though. And then you obviously have the relationship between Edward I and his son, Edward II. Yeah. Which is, like, like basically, like, hatred and disdain. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing is I can kind of, not that I agree with this at all, but I understand it from the perspective of Edward I because, 
I'm sure in a monarchy, your really only goal is to have an heir that will produce more heirs. And if you have a son who is... And hopefully an heir will do a good job. Yeah. You know, his... I mean, his son, as portrayed in the movie, is unable to produce heirs, Mm -hmm. number one. And also has no knowledge of how to rule. So, like, he probably... The king probably feels like a failure because his only heir who's supposed to take over for him is so... Like, is such a failure... At any kind of yeah, he like can't even handle like basic tasks like putting down a rebellion. Right. He's at, he's asked, "What would you do about this, my son?" And he's like, "I'd have the local magistrate arrest him for being a thief." And he's like, "The thief killed the local magistrate." <laughs> so like, buddy, this is already out of your wheelhouse. You yeah. don't even know what the heck's going on anymore. Yeah. Um, I will say though that like you know. Throughout history, there have been, and I, I can guarantee you there have been many instances where monarchs who were homosexual mm-hmm. were still able to produce heirs because... Well, they have to. The, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it like ends up being like a job at that point. You're just kind of obligated to like. Yeah, if you don't produce an heir, your line, the royal line, dies. So it's like, you know, don't... All I'm saying, I guess, is even if Edward II was a, like, homo as heck... Not out of the realm of possibility that he'd still be able to, like, make it happen once or twice, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Speaking of heirs, are you glad that we have an heir to our... Oh, jeez. Kingdom. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nah, I do love being a dad, though. And I'm glad that I'm not the kind of dad that Edward I seems to have been. Yeah, thank God. Um. (laughs) Okay, we have to talk about the music because, number one, beautiful soundtrack. Mm Mm-hmm. Number two, um, I, throughout the entire movie, was like, this sounds just like Titanic. And then, lo and behold, the composer for this soundtrack also it's composed Titanic. James Horner. <laughs> James that's a, Horner. That's so funny. I, um, you know, I do like the soundtrack for this one. I really like the bagpipes. I think they're, like, used very well. I like, like, the main, like, central theme and everything. But it sounds, I mean... James Horner definitely has a like he's stylistic in his yeah. composition, mm-hmm. whereas like or what I mean by that is you know they sound different enough but similar that like if I closed my eyes and you played me either of the soundtracks I couldn't tell them apart. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, and I, I looked it up and it was this this parts of the Braveheart soundtrack were used in other movies by James Horner or that James Horner scored. <laughs> <laughs> like he like re straight up reused some of the, like the the stuff. Oh, okay, that which makes is a lot of sense. Because I don't think it was done in reverse. I don't think like there's stuff from Titanic that was used in. I don't know. Might have been very close. Like some of the um some of the themes in terms of like what scale they're in and like the um chord progression and whatnot sound like identical. We were literally joking that Celine Dion was gonna start talking, <laughs> singing. Yeah, I was like, is there gonna be a Celine Dion Every ballad night at the end? In my dream. <laughs> I see you. I feel you. Oh, Muran, I miss you. No more of that Scottish accent. Why? You do such a good job. Oh, God. Yeah. What? Do you want me to sing a full version of that? Let's do a cover version of you. Oh, (laughs) no. We can make it happen. No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, I mean... Those were really the only notes that I had. Um, yeah, you know, I we discussed this a little bit, but I like just off the off mic. But I felt like this movie was a little bit less complex than 
Train definitely less complex than train spotting. Yeah. Certainly less complex than rent. <laughs> um this movie it's a it's a it's I don't like it's a great movie and I love it, but it's a simple movie about a man who is done dirty by the English and then most of his own countrymen mm-hmm. and then hung out to dry and killed. Yeah. And he does more in death and inspiring the people who were complicit in murdering him to actually fight back than he was when he was, you know, yeah. seven feet tall and shooting lightning bolts out of his ass. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's, well, it's, it's a sad movie, actually, I would, I would think. Yeah. I would say. I will say the one, the one thing that I did forget to mention is I know in the beginning I talked a little bit about that this movie, um, was a little gory, or at least like when we looked up the gore a little bit. Not that we looked up any spoilers or anything, but I was just curious of how much gore there was, right. so I can be prepared. So, there were some scenes where I needed to look away, like the end where um, Wallace is killed. I basically couldn't watch any of that. Uh, I think, like, the, to be honest with you, the end scene, like, it wasn't as graphic as you like. They don't show much of anything. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I looked for maybe a second and seeing him, like... And I know it was fake, but even seeing him get, like, almost strangled, I was just like, ugh. Yeah, that was... The stretching and the and the, the hanging were the hardest parts of that, for sure. Yeah. But it was very, pretty inconsistent, because some of the action was so gory and over the top that you were laughing. <laughs> but then other parts of it was like, oh, that guy just got, like, his face smushed in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There were... um. Like, the battle scenes, I was good throughout most of them. Because, like, some of the, like, yeah, some of the gore was just laughable. Like, yeah. guys getting their, like, legs cut off and stuff. Like, I don't know. To me, that just, like, it was so clearly fake that, that it was funny. Um, but The most perfect clean cut of, like, their thigh. It's yeah. like, okay, okay. <laughs> but, like, there's one scene where I think a guy gets, like, an antler shoved in his face or something. Yeah. And I was just like, nope, nope, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, when, um, what's his name? The, um... Oh, God, what's his name, Seamus or Sean or something? Steven, the uh, Irish guy. Yeah. He comes in and saves William Wallace from the assassin. Yeah. And he, like, gets him with a horn underneath the throat, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh. Or underneath his, like, jaw. Yeah, that was something brutal. Something like that. I just, I couldn't watch it. I was just like, nope. <laughs> but, like, overall, I thought it was, like, this is, the effects were handled very well. Yeah. You know? I Yeah, I thought so, too. Um, very well directed, even for it being Mel Gibson. <sighs> but regardless, very well directed. I thought it was a beautiful movie. Um, yeah, uh, my rating overall, I say, would say 4.7 out of 5. 4.7? Yeah. Is that the highest rating we've had on the podcast so far? Mm, no, I think, uh, I think Hunt for Red October was higher. Okay. I think 4.8. Okay. We'll have to go back and look, but sure. I did really like this. Um, I thought, like I said, great story. All the acting was great. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, the only complaint I had was the gore, but yeah. um, I said other complaint was the gore. But I really enjoyed it, even though Mel Gibson sucks as a person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough, but yeah, I think four point seven is a very fair score, like extremely fair score. I knew that you enjoyed it just by like just by how your mood was throughout the throughout the watching experience 
And we, we did watch it in two two sittings because this is a three-hour movie, so we kind of gave ourselves like an intermission. Yeah, I, I think maybe we stray away from doing three-hour movies on this podcast only because I can't, I can't sit through the whole movie in one sitting. Although what I'm getting a kick out of is that, you know, just looking at the runtime right now, we are at about 30 minutes, mm-hmm. and I feel like we're winding down. Um, this movie was, there's, uh, it's a great story. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, like needs all that much analysis there is like there are great examples out there i'm pretty sure there's like history channels and stuff like that on youtube who will analyze the historical inaccuracies of these movies and i know that braveheart is literally chock full of them from like the fact that the ages of certain people are like just thrown around for no reason yeah the robert the bruce's dad is a leper for like no reason (laughs) um edward the first son is gay for like no reason just to like have like a gay character and like make fun of him and i'm like i'm not one to complain about historical inaccuracies i mean like i know like when we did our rent podcast we talked about how it was inaccurate just because of like that's not how the aids crisis was but as far as like everything else in the movie it seemed pretty accurate so like i don't know anything about this time period yeah but, like, even if I did, I don't know, I feel like I and, feel like I still would have enjoyed it. Yeah, because it's a, it's telling a good story. Yeah. And the director and the writer, like, took liberties to have fun with it. Yeah. Like, okay, here's a good one for you. Mm-hmm. Battle of Stirling Bridge, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, the important thing about Stirling Bridge yeah. is that that bridge, or that battle, took place around a bridge. Now, in, in the movie, there's no bridge. Yeah, there's no bridge. (laughs) And that was because Mel Gibson said the bridge got in the way. But it's... But they wanted a fun battle scene. (laughs) And even though the battle scene would have been defending a bridge... He didn't want the bridge. No, they wanted to have a fun battle scene where everybody got to moon each other and... Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. Uh, Lots of dicks in this movie. (laughs) Far off dicks, but yeah, they were were certainly dicks. Um, Most of the extras in those scenes were Irish... Um, reserve army people. And they got to show their dick on camera? Yeah, like most of the, all like the Scottish <laughs> actors and stuff, or all like the soldier actors and stuff like that, yeah. were for the most part like active duty, like Irish soldiers. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine going to base that day and being like, alright guys, we're gonna take you to a movie set and you're gonna show your dick. Like, hell yeah! <laughs> they got paid $300, I think it's $300 a week. 300 pounds a week. And I they worked 14 hour days. Oh, that's not a lot at all. No, it was lousy for them, basically. Yeah, but... but- they hopefully had fun. Um, well, yeah, because now for the rest of their lives, whenever that movie, somebody mentions that movie, they can say, hey, you know, my dick's in that movie. Go see my Fun fact, too. Hmm. Most of the actors that played the Scottish folks uh-huh. are Irish. Irish and Welsh, actually. Hmm. The only Scottish, one of the only Scottish actors that played a main character was the guy who played um, Stephen, the Irishman. He was Scottish? He's Scottish. Wait, wait, wait. And Robert the Bruce is a Scottish guy as well. So the only Irish character in the whole movie is played by the only Scottish actor. One of the only Scottish actors, yes. Oh, wow. Yep. Although, I mean, I can understand that, though, because, like, like I had friends when I went to summer camp a few years ago that were from, like, Ireland and Wales, and they could do really good Scottish accents. I think it's if, it's, if you're from that was, area. They were filming on location, too. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you just, it's, they all hand it up. I mean, William, you know, Mel Gibson's from, like, Australia, and he was able to, I mean, I thought he did a fine Scottish accent, but I'm sure Scottish people disagree, which is, you know, their well, prerogative. I think it's kind of, like, 
you know how you know we live in the states, but we can still do a southern accent like this. You know what I mean? Like we it, live in the states, but we can still do a southern accent. Like or I, uh, the southern me, southern people are from the states. I, I, let me back up. Unless we're you mean from, the Confederate states, no. in which case they lost. This spot. This podcast is an extremely pro Abraham Lincoln, pro okay. unions. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. But also, um, no, I meant to say. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Um, no, we're from New York, but we can still like do Southern accents. You know what I mean? Like they may not be good Southern accents, but I'm sure to a person who's not from the states, it might sound the same. As I can't even do a New York somebody. accent. What I can't mean? even do a New York accent, huh? Can't do a New York accent? New York. Ah, forget <laughs> Gabagool. Okay, um, anyway. <laughs> seriously. I, um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting thing. And also, most of the movie was filmed in Ireland. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So. All right. Trivia me, baby. Trivia you, baby? Mm-hmm. All righty. What language was the funeral oration given in latin correct what is the name of the irish guy steven okay it is steven <laughs> he kind of spoiled that one yeah i'm sorry uh, but no i remembered though that his name was steven. i had to remind myself to be quite because he kept telling them that like ireland's my island it's my like island. okay crazy person and he saves his <laughs> life and he's like yo what up homie we're good yeah what's the name of the english king edward longshanks mm-hmm. why is he longshanks because he has long legs. Yeah, he was like six foot one or something. He didn't look that tall in the movie, though. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's like Napoleon. <laughs> you know, like the opposite, though. Mm. Napoleon was like normal height, but... But everyone says that he was like 4'2 or some shit. Yeah, he was a little tiny baby man, but he apparently wasn't. <laughs> um, what's the name of the best contender for the Scottish throne? Robert the Bruce. No, John Balliol. Incorrect. I'm only... <laughs> Robert the Bruce. <laughs> um, here's a... You have to finish this. I know you can fight, but it's our blank that makes us men. Freedom? No. Wait, read it again. I know you can fight, but it's our blank that makes us men. Brains? Basically, wits. Wits. That's All what right. William's father says to him when he then he heads off to battle. He's like, "Oh, I know you can fight, lad, but it's uh, it's up here that makes us men." Ah. And his uncle Argyle also instills that into him. Yeah. And you know, he says that throughout his thing. Like even at the end of the movie, he says, "Like I need to have my wits about me." Yeah. Because it's my wits that are the only things that are gonna get me to be able to die without screaming. Yeah. Yeesh. Which, props to William Wallace, for doing his damnedest yeah um that is that is some stuff right there i tell you yeah um but yeah i mean that that probably is like one of the more most accurate parts of the movie when he says that about the wits no when he like gets killed oh horrifically. oh yeah yeah he gets drawn and quartered Ugh. yep yuck. Mm-hmm. Yuck, yuck, yuck. now aaron you had um you had something you wanted to share with us regarding train spotting, right? Yeah, so in the last episode, I said that I was going to find out why it was called train spotting. And according to Google, it says the film title is a reference to a scene in the book where Begbie and Renton meet, quote, an old drunkard who turns out to be Begbie's estranged father in the disused Leith Central Railway Station, which they are using as a toilet. He asks them if they are, quote, train spotting. 
Interesting. So they're peeing or they're using their they're using this empty railway station as a bathroom. And so then Begbie's estranged father comes and says, Y'all yeah, train spotting and that's why it's called that. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Um but anyway, back to Braveheart. So like I said, my rating was four point seven out of five. Excellent. So uh would you like to know what next week's pick is gonna be? I would love to know what next week's pick is gonna be. So I put you through two movies that are a little like heavy. So I'm thinking maybe we do something a little more fun. Okay. So we're gonna watch Bridget Jones's Diary. Bridget Jones's Diary. Yeah. It's cool. a chick flick, but I think hey, you might actually like it. I am totally open to it. I generally don't mind chick flicks, actually. Oh, that's good. Um, not to spoil anything either, but we are going to be doing, obviously, this is Spooktober, so we're going to be doing <gasps> some spooky movies on this podcast here, right? We're going to be doing a special? We are. We're going to do a Halloween special where instead of either one of us picking a movie, both of us are going to pick two movies. So um, that Two movies each. No, no, a movie each. Sorry. Okay, I was about to say, whoa. <laughs> We're going to have two <laughs> two movies total. I didn't know it was that special. No, no, no. So um, I believe the f- movie that you picked is... I think we said we were going to do... The Mummy. The Mummy, the classic <laughs> Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Olsen. I don't know. If, I don't know. The, I like A the, lady. The lady. I like the lady. She's, <laughs> she's a nice looking lady and she does a good job in that movie. Hell yeah. And then, so my pick is The Nightmare Before Christmas, because obviously... Christmas movie. It's not a it's, it's not a Christmas movie! It's right in the title. It says The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. Fair enough. It's not. It's a Halloween movie. But is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. But Nightmare Before Christmas? No, because it's not about Christmas. What if it was called Die Hard Before Christmas? <laughs> then it would be called... Then it would be Christmas. Die Hard. Wait, okay, now I'm just Hold envisioning, on, like, Claymation, Bruce Willis, like. <laughs> Sounds like a Gumby fever dream. <laughs> it's Tim Burton's wet dream. Okay, anyway. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh. So, That's a uh, note to end on. I'm on that bombshell. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> so, yeah, well, uh, so that episode is going to be around Halloween. I don't know what day of the week Halloween is. Me neither. We're going to get it out yeah, bef- right before out. Halloween, probably. So look forward to the Halloween special. Yes. Yep. And uh, yeah, so in two weeks, well, let's see. Okay. So we're uh, we're going to do two weeks, which will be the 18th is going to be uh, the week of the 18th is our next. Bridget Jones's. Yeah. And then the week of, so I guess yes. we're going to do, oh, perfect. So November 1st is a Monday. So the day after Halloween that's uh, or should we do it before get this out before yeah all right so why don't we say that well friday saturday we'll keep you guys posted yeah we're, we should not be doing deliberations right now we're not we have a plan don't worry about it yeah um sorry thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast we hope you've enjoyed the show yeah um like us on facebook um we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, uh, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, give us some ratings, you know, yeah. five-star ratings if you like, but I guess one-star ratings if you hate us or something. 
Or if you do that, you might as well like leave a mean comment. Yeah, or something. why don't you like us? My God. Why? Well, hey, hey, hey. I'm just saying. <laughs> leave them mean comments. Anyway, um, thank you again for listening to this episode of the podcast. I'm Rich. I'm Aaron, and uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Heck yeah! All right. Spooky. Spooky. Go get your pumpkins, y'all. Go bills. Go bills. <laughs>